Thank you for listening to this podcast from Living Hope Church in Skokie, Illinois, featuring the preaching of Pastor Daniel Mann. For more information about our church, please visit us online at livinghopechicago.com. We hope that today's message will encourage you in your relationship with God. This weekend, we are bringing our series to a close. The series is called The Story. We've been learning about God's story, the Bible, that it tells one grand story from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, we're doing this in six messages tonight. On Good Friday, we're having our, our fifth message, and then on Easter Sunday, we'll have our sixth and final message. But let me catch you up to speed on what are we talking about when we talk about the story, the story of the Bible. Our first message, we talked about the beginning, how that it all begins with the author of the story, which is God. A God who created all things with His spoken word, and when He finished in Genesis 1 and 2, everything is good in creation. The second message we learned about not only the beginning, but then the fall, and how that the perfection of creation was ruined by sin and rebellion. And that we turned away from God's design and God's plan and chose to try to set the rules ourselves and brought ourselves into a position of separation from God and the curse of sin that's come upon humanity in this world. But we learned by the third message about the promise and how that God did not leave us in our helpless, hopeless condition with no hope. In fact, God gave a promise that He was going to send one into the world to rescue fallen humanity. And in the Old Testament, we looked through in that third message and how that Jesus, how that God was promising He was going to send the Messiah, giving prophecies and promises of when and how and what the coming of this one would look like. And last Sunday, we had our fourth message about the coming We talked about how that Jesus is the one who fulfilled the prophecies. And that He's the promised one who came into the world. The eternal Son of God. And we talked about how He's born miraculously, supernaturally conceived in the womb of a virgin. How He lived a perfect and flawless life without sin. And how that through His unparalleled ministry wisdom and knowledge and miracles that He demonstrated and proved that He truly is the one that mankind had been needing and that God had sent. Tonight I want us to have our fifth message. And I've called this message the rescue. Because you and I, as we study the Bible and read the Bible and examine our own hearts in light of that, all realize that that we need to be rescued. That our sin has separated us from God. And that Jesus came into the world to rescue us. And tonight I want us to look at how did Jesus rescue us. Look at me at Mark chapter 8, look at verse 27. Mark 8, verse 27. And Jesus went out and His disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, He asked His disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? They answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? 
Peter answereth and saith unto them, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them, Jesus charged them, that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them, that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Look at chapter 9, verse 30. Mark chapter 9, verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed. He shall rise the third day. But they understood not the saying and were afraid to ask him. Turn with me to one more. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. Those two passages in Martha we read are obviously before Jesus' death and resurrection. In Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus is speaking to his disciples after his resurrection. And he's shedding glorious light on all that had transpired over that weekend where he died and risen again on the first day of the week. It says in Luke 24:44, And Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things might be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see, Jesus told His followers that He must, that it was a necessity, it was necessary for Him to die and rise again from the dead. We saw that a couple times in Mark, in Mark 8 and also in Mark chapter 9. And then we read it there in Luke 24, that all this had to be fulfilled. All this had been written about in the Old Testament. And Jesus said, I had to die and rise again. That repentance and remission of sins could be preached among all nations. So I have a question tonight, and my question is, is that how did Jesus' death and resurrection rescue us? Because you see, that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that Jesus rescues us by His death and resurrection. And the question I want to answer is how? How does Jesus' death and resurrection rescue us? I believe from that we find two answers, two truths that I want to lay on your heart and mind tonight. Number one, through His death... Jesus rescues us from sin and judgment. Through His death, Jesus rescues us from sin and judgment. You see, God told Adam and Eve in Genesis 2.17 that sin would lead to death. That in the day that you take of the forbidden fruit, you shall surely die. In 
The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the very same thing repeated in the New Testament, that the wages or the end result of sin is death. Now, now what is sin? Someone once described sin as treasonous rebellion against our Creator. So sin is not just something that you and I do that affects us. Sin is actually treasonous rebellion against our Creator. You see, we are in danger of not making a big enough deal about sin. Sin is no small thing. It's treasonous rebellion against our Creator. And sin brought about a a permanent separation between God and man. The Bible teaches that God is holy. Being holy, He can't overlook sin and evil. The Bible tells us that God has wrath towards sin. In Romans 1 verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That God is angry and opposed to sin. He's promised to judge sin. That He won't break His word. That He will, in fact, judge sin. So running alongside of this truth that God has wrath towards sin is also next to it this truth that we call the atonement. Someone described atonement as the work of God whereby He reconciles sinners to Himself. It's the work whereby He reconciles sinners to Himself and it comes from His love, His mercy, and His grace. So mankind is under the condemnation of God. But God in the Old Testament revealed that He would send someone who would bear in His own body the wrath and condemnation that God has against sin and sinners. This is what the teaching in Isaiah 53, verse 3-9, through where it says that, in fact, I'm going to turn there and I want to read this. Isaiah 53, verse 3-9, through it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Notice this verse very carefully. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is describing Jesus. He's describing Jesus' death on the cross as a substitutionary sacrifice for sinners. The innocent for the guilty that Jesus died for or in the place of sinners in order to rescue them from the judgment coming and the wrath of God that they deserve for their sin. Abraham got up early in the morning and with his son Isaac walked up Mount Moriah in Genesis chapter 22. God had told Abraham to offer 
to sacrifice and kill his only son, Isaac. Now, before you and I, when we think too much into that, nowhere in the Bible has God actually had someone sacrifice their son. There are other religions that command people to do so, and they do. But here, God was testing Abraham. They go up the mountain, and Isaac says something to this effect, Daddy, I see the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham said, My son, God Himself will provide a lamb. He took his son Isaac, he put him on the altar. Abraham took a knife in his hand, stretched it up into the sky, preparing to bring it down and to strike his son and take his son's life, offering him as a sacrifice, as God had said. But just before he brought the knife down into his son, God stopped him. He said, Abraham, Abraham, stop. Look over at the fence. There's a lamb caught in the fence. Take the lamb and offer it and let your son go. You see, it's a a picture of substitution. That, That Isaac was the one that originally was supposed to be the one that died, but the lamb died in his place. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Jesus took the wrath and judgment of God on the cross for me, for you. He was our substitute. He gave His body and His blood on the cross that we could be spared from judgment in hell. The cross was a rescue mission. And we call it Good Friday because of the good Jesus brought when He paid the penalty of our sin. Are you resting all your hope for rescue from sin and judgment and hell and what Jesus did for you? I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, any faith, anything that we're trusting in that's short of the cross is a faith that will land us short of heaven. There's no rescue outside of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Through His death, Jesus rescues us from sin and judgment. Secondly and finally, through His resurrection, Jesus rescues us from death and the grave. You see, Jesus' resurrection is a vital part of God's story It was His resurrection that validated to all that He is exactly who He claimed to be, the Son of God. Romans 1.4 says that He's declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. And as Acts 2.24 says that death could not hold Him. Acts 2.24 says, Whom God hath raised, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that He should be holding of it, or that death should hold him. It's the resurrection of Jesus that gives hope to mankind that death for you and I is not the end, and the grave does not have to win. When he rose from the dead, he defeated the last enemy, which is death, according to the Scripture. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
And I love what this passage teaches. It's all about the resurrection of Jesus and what it means and how it gives hope to all who will believe on Christ. He talks about how that if we don't have any hope beyond this life, then we're most miserable in verse 19. But he says in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Christ as the first fruits. You see, in the Old Testament, God established a law that the people of Israel were to offer to God the first portion of fruit that came in the harvest season. And it was called the first fruit. So when, when the harvest began and fruits started to come, they were to give that to God. And the first fruits always symbolized that the rest of the harvest was coming. That this is just the first of much more that is to follow. And likewise, Christ's resurrection. It pointed to a greater harvest of those who through faith in Him, by His power and His resurrection, would conquer death in the grave. Robert Piccarelli said that Jesus' resurrection does not stand alone, that He rose as firstfruits, testifying of others to follow. Christ's resurrection is pledge of the resurrection of others. And that's what He goes on to say, that just as death came by one man, Adam, so life beyond death and the grave came by one man. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus rescues us from death and the grave. What do we mean by that? We mean that we don't have to fear physical death. Because through His resurrection, death is not the end and the grave is not final. You see, death was not the end for Jesus and death will not be the end for me. And the grave could not hold Jesus and the grave will not be able to hold me by the power of Jesus Christ. That's what it means that Jesus is the first fruits. That's what it means that Jesus has rescued us who believe on his name from death and from the grave. D.L. Moody is the, the famous pastor who pastored the Moody Bible Church here in Chicago. But Moody didn't grow up in, in Chicago or Illinois. He actually grew up in New England. And there was a church nearby, and it, it was customary years ago, and some places, I guess, here in the United States, it still is, but it was pretty common back in his day when he was a boy for them to do a funeral toll at the church when someone died, they would sound the bell once for each year that the deceased had lived. And so people that were working or at their homes in the community that obviously that those days didn't have uh, television and, um, and things as readily available as we have now to be able to learn news and events like this. And so people would hear the the tolls of the bells, and it was a funeral toll, and it would tell them a little bit about the person that they were burying and having the funeral for, and how long the person had lived. And D.L. Moody said that he used to anxiously count how many bell sounds that there were. And if there were 70 or 80 strokes, he would breathe a sigh of relief, thinking that he had a long time yet to live. But 
When someone young had died and the bell was only struck a few times, he said this, I was seized with horror that I too could be claimed by death soon. Death and judgment were a constant source of fear to me till I realized that neither shall have any hold on a child of God. You see, that's what it means that Jesus rescues us. By the cross, He rescues us from sin. He rescues us from condemnation and judgment. And through the resurrection, He rescues us from death and the grave. So we don't have to fear death because death is not the end. That death is a door that leads us to eternal life and the grave that our body is placed in will not be where we remain. For as Jesus rose again from the dead, so we too shall be raised to live forever in bodies like as His resurrected body. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about. How that Jesus will raise us and that we will have spiritual bodies that we will inhabit for all eternity that are not susceptible to pain, to hurt, to adversity, to sickness, and to death. You know, this rescue that Jesus, He came, He said, I must die, I must be buried, and I must rise again from the dead. And it was a rescue mission. But this rescue isn't yours and it isn't mine until we come to Jesus Christ through repentance and faith. The rescue that Jesus accomplished is not personally ours. It's not appropriated to us. It's not credited to us until we turn from our sin and believe on Jesus to save us. You see, you and I must acknowledge our guilt And we must turn from our sins and we must call in faith on the name of Jesus. And he has promised to rescue us. He died and he rose again to rescue you and to rescue me. And I'm so thankful that a few years back, I, by God's grace, heard his cry to me for repentance, his call to me for repentance and faith. And I turned from my sin and I believed on Jesus. And you can experience what I experienced. You can experience the rescue of Jesus, being set free from judgment, being set free and rescued from death and the grave. He will rescue you right here and now if you will call on him. Will you do that If you committed your life to Jesus Christ or made a spiritual decision, we would like to rejoice with you. Please connect with us on our website, livinghopechicago.com. We hope you'll join us next time for another encouraging message from God's Word.